You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back into the Nick Ba podcast. Uh, got two things for you. Quick pod, and we are out of here. I want to get into it right away. So I'm taping this. It is, uh, it's Monday. It's July 25th. Big Ten Media Days are about to get in full swing. So I want to give a little some thoughts on Big Ten Media Days. And obviously on the back end of this, once Frost goes to the podium and, and talks to the media and, and you get a sense of, of what he had to say, because certainly there's always some interesting things whenever Frost speaks, especially because we haven't heard from the guy in quite some time. I'll have some reaction to what Frost has to say or what he says, excuse me, in Indianapolis at Big Ten Media Days. But that'll be coming up uh, in, in maybe a day or two. I'm trying to coerce Bo Rude to maybe join me for that one, but we shall see. But I, I, I wanted to get into... Uh, the the Big Ten Media Days in the sense that the we have the media preseason poll that has come out. And since the Big Ten is is weird in this way, they don't do an official preseason poll. So Cleveland.com has kind of taken the ball and ran with it. I think this is their 12th year doing it. And they've done their official preseason Big Ten football media poll where they get a whole bunch of beat writers, a bunch of people that are obviously in the trenches in the Big Ten. So it's it's a very accurate, uh, about as accurate of a of a media preseason Big Ten poll as you're as you're gonna get. And it's been released. And you know, these these preseason media polls, preseason polls for for conferences and all that stuff, you know, the reality is it's easy to peg the the top few teams, right? Like, you don't got to be Jerry Donardo to say, I think the top two teams in the Big Ten are Ohio State and Michigan. It's like, okay, that's easy. But to me, here here's the thing with preseason polls. Preseason polls are, are largely about two things. Number one, what did you do last year? What kind of season did you have last year? How much success did you have last year? And then number two, it's about... When you look at a roster on paper, does this team have more answers than questions? It's largely based on those two things, in my opinion. The preseason polls and how you get projected. What kind of success are you coming off of last season? And then from a a broad sense, when you look at a team, you look at them on paper, you look at a roster, do they have... More answers than questions. How much is tangibly known to the good with your team? How much can you confidently say, you know what, this team has a great XYZ. We know that. This team has a great quarterback. they got a great defense. This team has a proven offensive line. They return all their starters on the line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I say that to get into Nebraska and where things were projected for the Huskers. So – Nebraska, this Cleveland.com media preseason poll, has Nebraska is picked to finish fifth in the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West shook out. Wisconsin is the preseason favorite, coming in with 31 first-place votes. 
then Iowa at number two, Minnesota at number three, Purdue at number four, Nebraska at five, Illinois at six, and Northwestern at number seven. And, you know, when you look at Nebraska and you see that oh, they're picked to finish fifth, I, I think Nebraska will finish higher than that. I do. But right now, on paper, it's hard to really get upset about that. I actually think the way things circled or, or, or shook out, kind of fair. Because to circle back to what I just said, preseason polls are largely about two things. Recent success, and do you have more answers than questions with your team, with your roster? Well, Nebraska's coming off a 3-9 and nine season, four straight losing seasons under Frost. And I think it is definitely fair to say that Nebraska has far more questions than answers with its team as it stands today. There's far more unknown than known with Nebraska right now. New offense coordinator, new offense, new quarterback, new skill position players, tons of new transfers that need to come in and play right away. Five new coaches. You get it, right? I mean, it's a lot of new. It's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of intriguing. There's a lot of potential, but it's a lot of new, and it's a lot of unknown. So for me, I wasn't surprised about where Nebraska got projected. And I actually think on some level, I'm like, ah, it's fair. I may disagree with it, like I think they're going to be higher than fifth, but I get it. And what's tough is so far, now granted this has only come out, of, you know, I'm taping this, it's almost 1 o'clock, uh, I guess it's about 12.30 on, on Monday here. I, I can't fully get a read on where Husker fans are at, with uh, whether they're upset with the projection or wherever. I think their, their reaction is probably a lot like mine. I think Nebraska will finish better than fifth in the Big Ten West, but I can understand based on recent history and the unknowns of this roster how you could end up putting Nebraska at, number, at, at fifth in the West. How about that for a hot take? <laughs> how about that? I actually thought the more interesting tidbit came in the their, so they had another a section of other poll notes. I actually thought the, this was more interesting. This is kind of all about the West here. These are two two notes. There is Liz from Cleveland.com. There is little consensus behind Wisconsin in the West as every team received a vote to finish as high as third. Iowa received first place votes and a seventh place vote. Minnesota was picked to finish anywhere from second through fifth. Purdue, Nebraska, and Illinois were all picked as high as second and as low as seventh. Last pick, Northwestern received a third-place vote because Northwestern was picked to finish seventh. I actually think that's the more interesting things to, to, to read and to look at and to unpack. I think a couple things. I think it shows you how relatively open and even the West Division really is. I do think Wisconsin and Iowa are the right two teams to be at the top in a preseason poll. But to me, the gap between them and the rest of the division isn't massive, in my opinion. And the fact that Nebraska, Purdue, and Illinois all were picked as high as second and as low as seventh is really interesting. And sticking with Nebraska, to me, that little nugget, that little tidbit, completely encapsulates Nebraska's reality heading into the season. 
there's a scenario where everything comes together, everything clicks, and this thing in Lincoln pops, and Nebraska does finish second in the Big Ten West and are in the hunt to win the the the, the West Division. I can totally buy that. But there's also a scenario where this is a disaster and all the changes catch up to Nebraska, the new transfers don't hit, and this thing is another three or four win season, and Nebraska does finish seventh in the West. I can buy that too, much as that hurts me to say. And that's kind of Nebraska in a nutshell right now. I can't remember a season in my lifetime of when I could – accurately digest football and think about it and had a sense of the landscape around a conference, whether it was in the, the, you know, the big eight, the big 12, and now the big 10. I can't remember a season in my lifetime with a wider range on the front of outcomes with how this season could play out. Nebraska's range this season, in my opinion, is legitimately like a five or six win swing. Like that's how wide I see this. Like to me, I I think three and nine or four and eight isn't out of the cards, and I also don't think eight and four or nine and three is out of the cards, which is really wild to say out loud. Most teams' ranges between best case and worst case scenario is maybe like two or three wins, maybe four. Nebraska's is legitimately like five or six wins potentially. It's just, it's so hard to even discuss and project. Because I'm sure you're like me. When when you, you're you out and about, you run into people and, and you have those typical, like, so how do you think Nebraska will do this year conversations? Am I the only one that doesn't, I don't even know what to say half the time. I really don't. I was having a conversation with, with a buddy of mine just yesterday. And we got into it. We both were kind of looking at each other like, I don't know. Do you have a good feel? I don't. Hell, even Tom Chattel, I thought, I thought, put it nicely in his Sunday column when discussing this season and projecting the record given all the change and all that. He wrote this from Chattel's column in the Omaha World Herald. He wrote, will it work? Don't ask me. Of course, many have. Come on, Tom. What do you think about this season? I have no earthly idea. I, I have no earthly idea. Wouldn't know where to begin. That response has frustrated some, but it's the honest truth. Chattel's right. Like, I kind of I kind of got no idea. And I know that make for a lot of fun conversations, right? But I kind of got no idea. And when you kind of take self-inventory of where you've been at mentally the last couple of months... Like, this is where it's been for me. If you if you talk to me on certain days, I'm thinking, man, major upgrade in the coaching department. I love all the new hires. I think Whipple's going to be really good. I think Nebraska's skill guys are going to hit. I think Nebraska's finally going to have a pass rush and an elite pass rusher in Mathis. I think they're finally going to be solid in special teams. Finally, the schedule is lightened up. They don't have to play Ohio State. I think Nebraska can win eight or nine games. That seems realistic to me. But if you talk to me on other days, I may be thinking, man, this is a long shot. They got 15 transfers, all of which 
are going to have to come in and start, be really good players. Chances of that are just slim. The chemistry can't be great with the staff and players right now. It's hard to stick that in the microwave and have that be perfect. The culture still isn't quite right. You're still talking about you know, a, a program that hasn't won for five straight seasons. Can, I mean, can Frost actually be an effective CEO? Nebraska lost almost all of its best players from last season. This thing could be another four or five wins year. Like, I am day-to-day on it. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. So it doesn't surprise me to, to read that Nebraska was picked as high as second and as low as seventh. Because it's about how I've been mentally. I fluctuate on this this projecting of Nebraska football, man. I fluctuate day to day, week to week. It's almost like what's their 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 pregame prayer? It's like day by day, we get to, it's like day by day. I pick up as far as seventh, as low as second. <laughs> I mean, it's it's day day to day, week to week. With how I see this team, it's wild where I'll where where I'll be. I mean, there's times I'm like, man, this this te- that man. They're finally going to be decent on special teams. The schedule lightens up. This is going to be great. I think they're really it's it's happening this year. And there's times I'm like the, the chances of all these things coming together really low. So, you know, sometimes a preseason poll can come out and you and you read it and it'll get met with a head scratch and a what the hell were they thinking here? But I'll be honest, I think they kind of got it right. I think the projection of for Nebraska is probably fair. Again, I think they'll finish higher than fifth, but I think it's probably fair. And I think the little note of Nebraska receiving second place votes and seventh place votes perfectly captures the reality of Nebraska football in the moment. That's where I came out when I first laid eyes on the uh, the new Cleveland.com media poll for Nebraska. Other thing I want to get into, last topic here. I've been over this a bunch, but I I continue to kind of think about college sports and all the change, all the things that's happening. And and I I, I wrote this down the other day. This was kind of the that if if I was going to be a title to like my story, it's college sports needs a parent. College sports needs a parent. 
Let me unpack that. First of all, I'm not anti-change. I'm really not. You know, I, I one of my favorite, my top five favorite sports movie is Moneyball. And anytime it's on TV, on I think it gets played on AMC all the time. Or like, I, that's one of those movies. If I'm flipping through the channels and I land on it, like I, I'm, I'm in on it. And I, I, I like the Billy Bean line: you "Either adapt or die." Like I like that. You either adapt or die, Billy Bean style. So I'm not anti-change. I'm really not. But it is a little concerning when all these massive changes are happening to college football and college basketball, and they're all happening seemingly kind of in silos. And there is seemingly kind of no governing body, no leadership, no parent for the collective sport as a whole. Conference expansion, TV contracts, guiding things, NIL, transfer rules, All these things are changing and changing rapidly. And while each thing on its own is understandable, like NIL, yes, players should get paid. Transfers, yes, I'd like to see some more guidelines on it. Sounds like we're getting less. But transfers, yes, like players should, should have freedom. TV contracts ballooning and guiding things, I get it, completely get it. I don't begrudge Fox or ESPN for trying to, you know, do what they need to do to what's best for them. And then conference and obviously conference realignment, each school making moves that is in the best interest of of their institution. All those like all those things make sense individually in a silo. All these things are understandable individually. But what is amazing is nobody is thinking about the entire sport as a whole. These are, get ready for bad, and apparently when I when I was writing this out, I was in an analogy mood. These are bad analogies, but it's almost like a buffet. You go to, to a buffet, you know, whether you're in like a nice Vegas buffet or, or you know, you go to Golden Corral or whatever. And you're walking around. Each selection as you're walking around in a buffet makes sense and is fine. But you're rarely thinking about the collective meal as a whole. That's what makes a buffet kind of like the appeal to it and why sometimes buffets are kind of nasty. Like all of a sudden, you know, crab legs, cookies, tacos, tater tots, and jello. You're like, what? what is this? How did I end up with this? The perfect meal is kind of meant to all work together, right? So it's almost like a buffet where each thing, each selection, when you went like, ooh, tacos, yeah. Ooh, jello, yeah. Ooh, crab legs, all right. Like each of those things individually, like, yeah, put it on the plate, makes sense. But then all of a sudden you get back to your table and you're like, what the fuck, what? Ugh, tell you what, this isn't going well together. Or it's even like a movie. This is even a worse analogy. It's like a movie. You're like, okay, uh, going to be a Pixar movie. Great. Love it. Who doesn't love Pixar movies? Uh, the director is going to be Martin Scorsese. Great. Who doesn't love Martin Scorsese? Awesome. All right. Uh, in the movie, let's have Cedric the Entertainer. I think he's hilarious. It's great. Anthony Hopkins. Whew, wow. Big time actor. Okay. All right. Pamela Anderson. Interesting. Okay. All right. Throw her in there. That's a little bla- bas- blast from the past. Okay. Sally Field. Okay. Sally Field. Great. Each thing individually 
makes sense and is fine, right? But all those things coming together for a complete movie? What? All right, we're going to have a Pixar movie directed by Martin Scorsese. It's going to star Anthony Hopkins, Pamela Anderson, and Cedric the Entertainment. Like, what? It's going to do what now? I know those are bad analogies, but I think you get the spirit of what I'm saying. I've, I've been on this. I'm just kind of trying to say it differently here. I just worry about that nobody is thinking about what's best for the whole and what's best for the sports that are most impacted by this. Everyone is just doing what's best for themselves. And the reality is, I don't know if everyone just doing what's best for themselves makes for a great collective thing at the end. Maybe that's the better way to frame it or say it. I just am concerned and kind of amazed to watch every individual component to a sport just do what's best for themselves. The players, the coaches, the conferences, the TV networks, the athletic directors, the school presidents, Everyone is solely doing what is best for them and them only. And I just wonder and I worry that when all the dust settles, how the end product all works together because at some point everyone has to start working together again and thinking about the greater good of the sport. To circle back to the college sports needs of parent, because this was the the another analogy I was thinking about. It's almost like the difference between babysitting and parenting. When you're the babysitter, right? It's ice cream, sure. Watch a movie, go ahead. Play in the mud, great. Eat candy for dinner, that's fine. That's, that's being a babysitter. But as a parent, you can't do that because you have to make decisions for the greater good. And right now, I just think it's interesting to step back and think about. Because what's, what is hard for people, myself included, and maybe I'll just say what's hard for me, is when... When you unpack and you have a discussion about each thing individually, you get it and understand it. NIL, totally get it. Long overdue. Transferring and being eligible right away, totally get it. Things like USC and UCLA leaving for the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten, totally get it. Bigger payday, makes sense. Fox and ESPN gobbling up the best TV partners and brands. Totally get it. All these things individually are hard to argue against. In fact, they're kind of impossible to argue against. But it's it's this weird feeling then when you zoom out and look at the whole picture that it gets a little concerning. Isn't that kind of weird? To understand and in some cases, in some cases, agree with a bunch of isolated things, but then walk away concerned with the totality of something. Isn't that kind of odd? That's what I'm just being honest with me. Like, it's weird how I can sit there and be like, NIL, I'm on board with it. Uh, transfers, more freedom. Sure, I guess so. I think there's some concerns with it, but like, uh, as it, yes, I think 
players should have more freedom. Conferences doing what's best for them. All this like we sit there and go, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. But then all of a sudden I go, mm, but when I look at the totality of everything, I'm like, man, ugh, I'm a little concerned. Analogy alert again. God, I'm sorry. It's like an out. Think about the. It's like an outfit. Where you're like, okay, I like this shirt. I like these pants. I like this belt. I really like this hat. I like these socks. Man, I like these shoes. Okay, let me lay it on my bed. Huh. Ugh. I don't like that outfit. That doesn't go together. That doesn't work. I think you get the point of what what I'm trying to get at here. Whether it's the buffet, the movie, the, the, the outfit. Where it's a weird current state of affairs to be in where you like things individually and agree agree with them where you just, you know, you're looking at it bit by bit, but then when it all comes together, it's like, I don't know about that. This is a little concerning. I'm just being honest with you. I... Because, listen, I don't want to be that person that is just stuck in the past and hates and fears all change. I am i don't want to be that guy, and quite frankly, I'm not that guy. And there are elements of these changes within college sports that are right and long, over, and, and long overdue. I just feel like the main thing that needs to happen right now is college sports needs a legitimate parent right now. They need a parent. I just feel like college sports all of a sudden has had a babysitter. All of a sudden, it's it's where everyone is just free to do what they want and what is best for themselves. The NCAA used to be the parent. But it appears like the NCAA just hitched its wagon to amateurism and is going down with the ship. With that, they are going to die on that hill. So whether it's a revamped NCAA, a new governing body structure, a commissioner, a czar, whatever, college sports just so desperately needs some legit oversight right now, and they need it fast. They need someone to come in and truly think about the collective and the greater good of college sports. College sports needs a parent right now and not a babysitter. A Huda Media Production.